Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Blue Citron podcast, a uh, podcast where we cover uh, news, conversation, gist, topics on Africa, energy, women, culture, and more. And today we're going to be talking about the failed state situation using Nigeria's uh, a case study or case in point. And um, I've got two friends of mine that are joining me to have this conversation. And uh, of course, we can cover beyond Nigeria. We're looking at Africa at large, but most importantly, as I said, the case study would be on Nigeria. This is uh, a country that we know more about, given this is our route. So I've got PJ Said and Kola Kuponi joining me on this uh, discussion today. Hi, PJ. Hi, Kola. Good morning, Bim. Good morning, Kola. Hi, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Good morning, Bim. Great, great, great. Okay, guys, let's begin. So there's, I mean, there's an issue. There's, there's just an issue. If I want to start with, again. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to start with Nigeria, is is do do we see Nigeria as a failed state? Is it getting there? And and I have my reasons for saying this. A lot of people are moving abroad. A lot of people have always been moving abroad. Migration did not start today. It's started from beginning of time. People move about, and there's absolutely nothing wrong about that. However, when there's a country, uh or a society that is not conducive for people, of course, people will move for economic reasons, for you know, yeah. medical reasons, any reasons at all, literally. And when they find an environment that is more conducive and en- enables them to thrive, then they want to obviously stay in that environment. And does that mean these people, Nigeria again, case in point, are, are these people losing potentially losing their uh, sense of identity, potentially losing their real true roots. What what do you think? Um, Let me start with you, Kola. What's what's your view on this? Um, I think, first of all, um, I would say, yes, it is. um, It's not not failed yet. I don't think we're at that point where we can say Nigeria has failed. Obviously, we're on a fast track to failing. <laughs> if there's if if there's a fast track to failing, then we're on, we're certainly on that on that track. Um, now, as far as the migration, I mean, identity. Uh, we 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 are. It's going to erode by virtue of relocating to um, different environments. Um, you're going to lose a bit of your identity naturally, but there's still responsibility on the part of a lot of us that have migrated to hold on to. Um, bits and pieces that we can pass across to um, future generations. And who said, who knows? You know, this is just how life is. Things evolve. We are not our parents. Our parents are not our grandparents and, you know, so forth. So um, as far as the loss of identity, I don't think um, there will be a total loss. Now, as far as language, um, you might find that eroding gradually. Um, things, but it's just language is just one part of it. And you still have the fashion, the clothing, the food, the music, which is now very global, as we can see. So there's still, whilst we're losing some parts of ourselves, I believe we are evolving to greater heights, you know, in other sectors as well. So, yeah, those, <laughs> I think those are my initial thoughts. Um, 
eager to hear what PJ has to say on that as well. <laughs> yeah, PJ, what, what, what do you have to say? Because I, I've picked some things from what Kola, you know, as actually, it, it's really important in terms yeah. of involving. We're not our parents, our parents are not our grandparents. However, language, I'm very big on language. So we'll definitely talk, you know, talk about that. So hold that thoughts, um, uh, Kola. PJ, what, what's your thoughts on that, please? What do I, you, I, yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear what he said. And I partly agree with, especially with the start of, uh, where you asked if Nigeria was a failed state. Mm -hmm. um, it's not yet a failed state, but as Kola said, we are on fast track to failing. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the numbers with which people are leaving is, is quite alarming at the moment. Um, it's not, I don't think it's anything compared to what we've, we've seen to when we moved here. Mm -hmm. um, Nigeria was still sort of... Um, you know, everyone was still okay with being in Nigeria. And mm -hmm. the bulk of us that moved earlier on were still very, very happy to go back to Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is not the case at this point. Right now. Yeah. Right now, people are leaving and people don't have plans to go back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and like Hola said, yes, we aren't our parents. Mm -hmm. But I think the the generation of the people that are leaving now, they're slightly different to us. Okay. They have no plans on returning. And I think that's probably where that's probably where our comments, you know, our, our thoughts differ. They have no plans on returning. Um, yes, when we move, we move with our culture, we move with what we know. But in order for you to integrate, in order for you to completely integrate into a new society, a little bit of what you knew or your culture is lost, sadly. You know, we can do our best. We can try to, you know, like Holla mentioned, the music has crossed over and that's that's a great thing for, for the continent. But everything else, I feel, gets lost along the way. You know, um, speaking for me as a, as a Yoruba girl, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's quite important especially when you greet an elder that as a girl you curtsy or you kneel yeah. um, and as a boy you you prostrate, you dobale right? Yeah. Now this is something as part of our culture that I, I've noticed is hasn't necessarily moved over fully and as time would go mm -hmm. it probably mm -hmm. would just vanish you know yeah, I think as far as that is concerned, I think, yeah, I do agree, um, especially I'm Yoruba as well. And if I look at it through the lens of being Yoruba, um, I can. I was born in the 70s, so I can tell the difference between what was obtainable then and what what is going on right now. Like, um, I remember going to grandma's house and you have to be on food or ballet like your chest yep. has to touch the ground. Yeah. By the time I was getting to my teenage years, the half bow or the quarter <laughs> bow, you know, now was now in fact, like even if you want to go fully down the elders, ah, no, 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 yep. that's too much yep. now. So again, that's evolution. So yeah. now we now have our kids that they look you dead in the eye. <laughs> they look you dead, you know, not even not even a little head nod or nothing. So I mean it's 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 still unacceptable in you know in, in, in most you know house households even here yeah. in the here in the UK. But mm -hmm. I mean this is part of the evolution. But the yeah. underlying theme of that is is like submission and respect. So mm -hmm. it, you know that's how it was communicated back then that look 
somebody that's older than you has seen more than you have seen. So when you are in their presence, you have to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. So we now have the responsibility to teach that humility, you know, you know, so our kids embrace that because that's, that is actually the fundamental bedrock of the culture, you know, speaking as Yoruba, like it's everything we do as Yoruba is built on respect of your elders, you know, people that were here before you that paved the way, you know, for you to be able to, you know, enjoy all this, all these things that you're enjoying right now. So, well, I mean, you can't be in the middle of the high streets in, you know, central London and see, and ah, you now go full double. Ah, you can't now. Say you that, know, so. though. I have to, I just, <laughs> I just want to say, I, I just want to put it out there that, you know, for me, that double thing and the kneeling thing was, was quite important. And I had made plans that whatever, you know, sex of child I had, I was going to pass it down. And I would hope that they would pass it down as well. So if you see my boys, in the middle of central London, they will do ballet for you. Chest you know? down? Chest not, down? Che- not chest down. I never okay. taught them to chest down. Okay. And as Kola okay. mentioned, you know, yeah. that the ballet procedure sort of evolved because yeah. very yeah. rare. I think the only time anyone does chest down is if they want to go and marry. Okay. <laughs> I don't day, actually yeah? see. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. I've actually seen anyone do the full Ooh. chest down. But yeah. my kids, if they see you and they want to greet you, they will um they will be- they will bow and they'll, they'll touch bow the and touch uh, touch the uh, Absolutely. Use one to touch we were at um, we were at Notting Hill Carnival on Monday and we okay. bumped into a um a, a friend. Okay. And my boy saw her and they were like, Oh hi, Auntie, and they went all the- and I was like, Oh my god, the floor is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> But uh, Auntie quickly grabbed them before they could, you know, they could get onto the floor. And she was like, oh, hi, you don't have to do that. I was like, "Uh, That's impressive. impressive. In my mind, I thought, they kind of, and I like that now they do it without even being prompted. Mm-hmm. You know, if they see anyone older, they will automatically, oh, hi, Auntie, hi, Uncle. You know, and they, they would they would go, they would, you know, curtsy do and go, go down. Yeah. It's Excellent. not the full one because I I I'm a girl. I never taught mm-hmm. them to do the full one. And mm-hmm. my husband, whenever he sees anyone older, he would do this. So they basically just copied him. Okay. You know, we yeah. did explain the importance and we'd let them know that look, this is uh, it's it, it's part of our culture. It's mm-hmm. how someone would identify. Oh, on my Yoruba lily, you know that mm-hmm. this is the the child of someone from from a Yoruba line. Yeah. yeah, and, and you know sometimes I do feel a, a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. However, I do worry that if when they do start having their children, if yeah. they will understand it enough to pass on. I see. So I, I see. I see what you guys are saying. And um, yeah, let me start with the alarming numbers of people living in the country. PJ, you mentioned something about um, the people living now don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, I think you're right. I shouldn't say I think you're right. You are right, because I actually witnessed uh, one, uh, a friend of mine and her family came to see me. And I husband mentioned it categorically to say, this is going to be home now and Nigeria is going to be just holiday home. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to say because mm-hmm. obviously it's, I wouldn't say it's in my place to say anything because they've, I mean, and they're, they're comfortable. Don't get me wrong. They're very, mm-hmm. very, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they've had to move here to the UK because they wanted um, the so-called best for the kids in terms of education and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's another situation, you know, education yep. in Nigeria used to be top tier, you know, what is going on kind of thing and all of that anyway. So they moved over here. And even if you're going to have great education in Nigeria now, you have to literally 
kill all the cows or whatever, yep. you know, yep. break, break arms, break legs to be able to, you know, afford, uh, you know, paying school fees for your children. Mm-hmm. So he said that. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is another Another one by Another Joseph one. Uh-huh. Another do, do you one. Understand? Yep. You know, it's it's listen, guys, I am in Dakar at the moment in Senegal. Lovely. I I came for a conference and this is my second time in Dakar. First time I came for a wedding, my friend's wedding um at the time. So we all came from Oslo, came down to Dakar and all of that. So now I came for a conference. And this time around, um, I've been busy, obviously. But just yesterday, I went out with one of my friends who's a Nigerian and actually lives here in Dakar, works here in Dakar. And okay. He's the head of a bank um, and he covers um, um, the Francophone, selected Francophone regions. So we went out for drinks and I was asking lots of questions and it was, it was giving me quite a lot of insights, showed me a few things on YouTube about different places in Senegal outside of Dakar. Already, I love Dakar. Why mm. is that? It's just, I, I mean, my, my, my boss also came down for this conference and he's only been to Nigeria. And he said to me, BM, I would like to, I'd like to tap into your contacts in the rest of Africa. And I said, but I'm going to Dakar for a conference. And then he asked me, he says, can I come? I'm like, uh, you sort of own the company. So you can do what you like. <laughs> you know, so the co-founder of the company, like, you can do what you like. And he's like, yes, yes. So he was excited and even more excited because he speaks French. And, oh. and the vision he made yesterday and two days ago when he came in, he said, this is quite different from Lagos. Because in Lagos from the airport, when driving down, we drive all the way to Victoria Island and it looks nice and pretty. But before I get to Victoria Island, I see shanty towns on the left and yep. the people living on water and all of that. And I'm trying to say to him, I mean, obviously, this is his experience. He goes to Lagos a lot. Yeah, because we have, you know, business in Lagos. And he sees this every time. And obviously, he goes back to Europe and talks about it. Like, oh, my God, in Nigeria. And then I tried to correct him. In Lagos. <laughs> Not the entire Nigeria. Anyway, yep. I tried to correct him. And, and, you know, he goes, oh, this is what happens. That is what happens. You know, everyone looks nice and fresh in Victoria Island. But what about the people living on water, yada, 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 in, you know, the, um, you know, when you're, when you're driving from the airport, from Ikeja mm-hmm. down, to, mm-hmm. down to VI and covering, you know, Third Midland Bridge. Anyway. His observation was Dakar is different. He's not seen shanty towns. And even if he's seen a few shanty towns, he's just seen them as they're not living on water. The water is not hmm. dirty. Water here is so clean. And people actually live in brick houses. Maybe the road is on, you know, some roads in the corners, they're on tarred. There's water there, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, this is a clean city. That's what he's seen. He's also seen really, really nice infrastructure. It's also seeing the way people sort of behave. So for him, the first thing he said is, I'm coming back here and I'm even bringing my family for holiday. He's never said that about Nigeria. He's gone to Nigeria so many times. We've gone to Nigeria together so many times. That has never come out of his mouth. Now he's excited to go to Cape Town because I have another conference there. And it's really, and I said, listen, you will see the same thing you see in Nigeria in Cape Town. The difference is The blacks live on the dirty path, mm-hmm. and the whites live on the fantastic path. And he was shocked. I said, "Well, I won't say more than that. When you get there, you see it yourself, because I don't think it will be fair 
for me to say anything, you know. And of course, there are black people that live in the nice places as well. However, this is what you will see, at least. But let's not drag that too much. What I'm trying to say is people are tired. People are looking to leave the country. When yep. people do leave the country, they're taking a bit of, or maybe they're taking most of their culture with them, but they're going to a different society. There's a limit to how they can imbibe their culture onto their children because the children will be going to school. You guys have kids. You know, your children are yeah. going to school. So it's yep. what you teach them at home that they know, right? It's like you yeah. said, your sons, you know, they did the dobale for an aunt that they found at, you know, when you guys were at Notting Hill, you know, carnival. If you did not teach them that at home, they would not do that. They wouldn't even know Absolutely. any better. Absolutely. Yoruba. My niece, my my brother-in-law speaks Yoruba to her. So she understands. She's only four. So he speaks. That's all he speaks to her. He speaks Yoruba to her. Of course, myself and my sister, we sort of speak English to her. And she speaks German because she's she lives in Germany and she's in a German school and all of them. Impressive. She's, she's, an, she's in an international school. But of course, she speaks German as well. You know, so that culture... If there's anything else that at least she will take, it's the fact that the language. Mm-hmm. So whenever she chooses to go to Nigeria, she can actually blend in. And it's really important. That language and also way of life, the Dobala beats, you know, the Katsi, the Ikunle, as we call it. These things are very important. I feel I've spoken too much. but <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you were, you were making some, some valid points and some, you know, um, what you've I noticed. Just fear, I just fear that, you know, you know, what we are taking out, we are leaving. Right, we're living mm. and going to this society because we have a we're, we're looking for a better conducive environment. Yeah, right, all of that. Listen, the Chinese people they do find that you know the place we're living they find it interesting. The French Senegal is filled up with French people, and not mm. in Dakar, in cities or places like Sali, which I probably will be going to later today, and it nice. just looks out of this universe. It looks like it's not. It looks like somewhere in the Caribbean, literally. Wow. And there's so many places in Africa that are like that. My jaw was on the floor when my friend was telling me all of this and showing me photos yesterday evening and videos. And I'm like, why am I traveling around Europe again when I can spend more time in the continent? Absolutely. You know, so, so there was, um, uh, you, you, you touched on a few points that I 100% agree, agree with. And it's, 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 it's sad and disappointing at the same time, you know, um, that journey from Muritala Mohammed Airport to your destination is one of it's one that you just look and you're thinking, why why it, it's almost degenerated. You know, you go to most countries, um uh or for example, let's use London, for example. London yeah. isn't the same as it was 10 years ago. Right. Okay. Actually, maybe not 10. Let's say five years ago. I remember I drove past uh, Stratford. Uh, mm-hmm. the other day and I was just looking like wait am I did I get lost did I take the wrong turn you know it has been regenerated there's been a lot of money that's been pumped into the into the area and it's it's completely brand new you know to buy a property now in Stratford you would need to hold a whole lot of pounds right, right. now let's go back to Lagos Nigeria you come there and sadly for me it's degenerated it's the it's the it's the opposite it's almost like it gets worse every Mm. time and there hasn't been any improvement and 
the people who would probably drive that improvement are the ones leaving. Right. They're the ones getting out. They're the ones that have had enough. They're the ones that, you know, are, are you're, you're meeting, they're lining up at the embassies, trying to put their papers together, trying to, you know, I had a friend that called, I was talking to a friend and she was trying to get a copy of her transcript. You know, right. she went to school 20 years ago <laughs> and she's like, babe, I need to get out of this country because if I don't get out, I feel like I will die. Right. right. And, and, and and that's really sad because this was someone who you would deem comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, they had both her and her partner had really good jobs. Their mm-hmm. kids went to the private schools that they paid for, you know. And for her to even say such a thing, then it's... It, it was quite alarming. Yeah, it's alarming. It yeah. was alarming. And it was just the little things that we took for granted. You know, mm-hmm. it, the, the little things, how I could plan my journey and know that, yes, you know, Byron, I know we, I mean, <laughs> there's sometimes that people will say to me that London is turning to a third world because of everything that's going on at the moment. You know, <laughs> yeah. We have, we have high inflation we've got strikes yeah. everywhere nothing seems to be working. I yeah. landed at the airport the other day and my baggage didn't come out for like two, three hours, you know, no. these, the, honestly, these are not yeah. the norm here, but sadly mm-hmm. It's the norm over there. Uh, and, yeah, you forgot to you forgot to add fuel fuel cues. Like oh, um, yes, we're, queue, yes, we're, thank we're you. queuing for fuel. We, yeah. we queued up for fuel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in, in London, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it, 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 I it, think was, it was, it was nationwide. last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It was nationwide. Yeah. It was crazy. And mm. we were moaning. We were complaining. We were like, for me, I was like, what what is going on? I wasn't used to that. So mm-hmm. I was narrating my experience to <laughs> To Nigerian, and they're like, oh, my friend, will you keep quiet? This is our day to day. And I'm like, do you know what? Hats off to yeah. you people. And you, I feel like Nigerians are superheroes. But every day they live in that society and are still surviving and thriving, some of them are. That's you know, right. they, they deserve the, the, the cape. Yeah. But people are tired. People, especially those who travel on a regular and they see how it is. You know, yeah. my only the only thing that I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm hoping this gets to people, you know, gets to enough people and they hear. I feel like it's probably easy for me to say because I've been here, but there are struggles here too. Absolutely. Here is not the land of milk and honey. Here it's is a- not where you will pluck money, <laughs> you know, uh, on the trees. Yes, there is a level of peace of mind that comes to be living in the West. There mm-hmm. is a level of um, uh, convenience, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also the other side. And the other thing I said, the, I was talking to a friend uh, who we were talking about this whole migration thing. I said, I feel like the continent of Africa is missing out on the level of uh, skill set the level of, um, uh, you know, how, how the, the Nigerians yeah. migrating to Africa rather than coming to the West. Yeah. Because I very rarely this. will you, you know, will you find a Nigerian community in different, in the West that you won't see people doing very well. You won't see them living in the nice houses. You won't see them driving the nice cars because it, it, there's just something that's built in us as we're raised. You just mm-hmm. have to be the best. You strive to be the best. Absolutely. You know, your parents yeah. tell you as you're growing up, if you don't come first, the person that came first, they have two heads, exactly. you know, <laughs> you want to be that, you want to be that number one. And sometimes it's really difficult to be that in the West because you are seen as a second class citizen. 
Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Britain, you know, uh, has it will give you the opportunities, but unfortunately, microaggressions still exist. It does. You know, racially motivated aggression still exists. So, in as much as you want to be that best, it's even more difficult. However, in the rest of, especially in West Africa, where everybody looks like you, you might not sound alike, but you look alike. That opportunity, that possibility is. To, to be the best is there. Totally. Totally. I, so. I feel like perhaps if some, if, you know, um, uh, uh, if some other African countries might mm. be an option, like you mentioned, mm. you know, Senegal, I've never yeah. been, and I'm definitely going to add it to the list now. But based on what <laughs> you're saying, Senegalese ambassador. <laughs> yeah, right? But based on what you're saying, I feel like, you know, there could be opportunities there where, oh, yeah, you know, there. we could thrive. Unfortunately, yeah, we, we can't, the way Nigeria is at the moment, it is so difficult to thrive. It is so yeah. difficult. You know, it let is me, challenging. Yeah. yeah. Let me bring, must, let me bring Kola in. Kola, you lived in the North, didn't you? Uh, what, I mean, I don't know if you've been back to Nigeria recently or maybe you have been back for some time now. But of course, you know, we know what's going on in Nigeria. We know the type of news that comes out of Nigeria. Last year, 2021, 5 million babies were born in the North. My question is, remains is, why? Why? <laughs> why give us 5 million babies? Why? The North is already large enough. People are not fully educated. You know, you're, you're not from the North. You're Yoruba you're guy. But I mean, at least it, you spent, it, it, you spent it, some time in the North, right? Yeah. What's going on? What is going I, on? I think if he, if he, if we <laughs> dig down to the and I'm actually glad you mentioned that because when we're talking about people are leaving now and are not you know, the intention is not to go back. You know, that's made me smile a little bit because it's funny because that is the reflection of most people that have probably lived in the Southwest, particularly in Lagos. Now, yes. basically, once your level of insecurity has gone up to a point where you feel this is not sustainable, mm-hmm. you would leave that environment that you were comfortable in and have no intention of going back. Now, that feeling, a lot of us that have lived in other parts of Nigeria, particularly um, being uh, growing up as a Christian, living in the northern part of Nigeria, schooling in the north, a lot of us had that feeling many, many years ago. So when we were leaving Nigeria, it was like, we've had enough of this. We want no more part. We don't want, don't want any parts of this anymore. So when I was leaving, and I told <laughs> my then fiance, who is now my wife, like, we're not coming back here. Hmm. because we have seen the hearts of men. We've seen the level of carnage. We've seen every, like the things that people down South are only just seeing because there was a level of comfort that existed in a lot of my family that lived down South. Hmm. That, uh, no, it will never get here. It will never hmm. reach us. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't through the lens of one Nigeria. It was like, you know what? As long as we hear, okay, then whatever is going on there is Let none of our business. Mm-hmm. Now, when the destruction and carnage is at your doorstep, then you realize that your position in society, your good job, your nice home, your private school, it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. You're not safe. That is when now your thought changes and you're like, we need to get out of here and we're never coming back. Hmm. So 
it's now the, the percentage of people that share this common feeling has just magnified and grown over the years. That is why you now find this huge migration of sort of, for lack of a better word, middle-class Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the danger with that now is now you've come to you've come to the West. Some have gone to America, some have gone to Canada, some have come here to the UK, other parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. You come with that cultural feeling like we have to dominate because that's just what is expected. Yep. Because you still have a lot of us still have family back home who we are supporting financially. Yeah. So you come into an environment where there are other black people. Black people that have been here for a long time, the Caribbeans have been in the UK for a long time. The Caribbeans have been in, you know, in the States for a long, long time. So now you now come in and because we have the numbers and we're mm-hmm. apps, I don't want to say this lightly, but the level of education and exposure is perhaps greater. As early as a kid is, you know, as early as, say, four or five years old, you're already watching cable satellite television in Nigeria. So you're already embracing, you know, information from, you know, globally. Mm -hmm. So that domination, you dominate without realizing that it's sort of the other black nations or the people from the other black countries, like they look at you and they're like, wait, these guys are taking over. Because culturally, it's, yeah, it's like, even when we go, like, even when I go to Ghana, like, I'll go to, you know, I've had projects in Ghana while I'll be in Ghana, and you hear, the, perhaps they don't know you're Nigerian in that setting, because they're like, ah, we're sending somebody from London, so they just still look at you through the London lens, they are not looking at you as a Nigerian, but not all of them are happy about how Nigerians come into their society and dominate, you know so it's almost the same thing that prompted brexit here in in the uk where people started feeling like oh you know foreigners are coming taking their best jobs and all of that this kind of feelings you know you don't want to throw blame around but it's not unnatural for human beings to feel that way because whatever benefit you are receiving now coming in you know in 2022 from nigeria and you can land in the uk you can get your kids into school you can get a job somebody paved the way for you to be able to do all of that 100%. they were building blocks yeah so they were the sacrificial lambs and some of the sacrificial lambs did not see the benefits you know so you, you, you know when you're coming in you have to be mindful and be respectful, you know, in, in, for lack of a better word, and integrate properly and not just feel like, hey, we are here to conquer, we are here to dominate, and you plant your flag <laughs> as if you had, what was our US mission on the moon? Yeah, so we just have, have to be careful about that. Now, sorry, I missed, I missed your initial question, which was, yeah, I think growing up in the north in Nigeria, yeah. as again, it was, it, was, it was quite different. And for us, a lot of us, that your culture, you have to, you can't fully embrace it without another person feeling, you know, threatened in a way. Mm. You know, so, you know, even when in communities where some of my friends and my neighbors who are Igbo, because they used to have their Igbo meetings and all of that. Mm-hmm. It started as big events. You have all the Igbo guys in the neighborhood who come around, cars packed. 
Then all of a sudden, like when they started getting attacked, it now became like, oh, we have to be a bit more discreet, a bit more secretive, mm. and, and gradually erosion of you know that. So even the erosion starts from before you leave the country. Mm-hmm. Then there's also that fail, that stupid mentality of like, oh, speaking your local dialect is Raz. Oh, you know, so right. you know, so let's not let's not let's not let's not pretend <laughs> that that was there. Yeah, you know? right. yeah. So, but again, the responsibility is on a lot of us who have migrated to hold on to as much as possible to parts of the culture that we can, you know, teach our children. I, for one, I'm you know because I'm happy that this migration is happening because. Um, a lot of people I went to school with, I, you know, it saddens me to see them sort of wasting away. Yeah. Talented people, bright, intelligent people, people that have a lot to offer. Yeah. But, you know, the country is not rewarding you for your natural talent. Mm. It's you know? sad. So it, it's it is sad. sad. So if you find some more, if you can go somewhere and blossom, man, why not? That's and funny. as we have it now, London is the biggest, you know, community of Nigerians outside of Nigeria. How, how many how, how many Nigerians would you say are there? Like a million, two million? I don't know what the, I think. I we think it was about half a million. We we'll probably have to check the census data for yeah, that. But but yeah, I don't think there's anywhere else in the world where you find a you know as densely populated you know whatever the numbers you know, for Nigerians outside of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. There's no like you get on the bus in London, everybody's speaking Yoruba or like <laughs> you know. That my son so started hard. secondary school. His first day in school, he came back beaming ear to you. I'm like, why are you happy? He's like, man, daddy, everybody was, people was speaking pigeon. He was hearing pigeon everywhere. Like, wow. people were speaking. Oh, oh, it's, <laughs> this is what we're seeing now. Lagos so, is an extension of Lagos, isn't it? It is an extension. An extension. You know, <laughs> and we need to look to, like, if you see the, the Chinese everywhere, most major cities in the world, there's a yeah. Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these guys are yeah. able to yeah. leave their country, yeah. come to another country, put their roots down mm-hmm. and still retain their culture. Exactly. You know, same with the Indians, you know, people yes. from Pakistan. There are parts of London that you go to, you, you, will, you will not believe it is London. You think, That's right. yeah. you know, so we need to have things like we need to have what we don't have. We have the numbers, mm-hmm. but we still don't have like a microeconomic, you know, we don't have as a community where we build businesses and people stay in there and co- we control the economy within that local environment. Mm. Right. Right. So that is the part of the migration that we still haven't cracked yet. We haven't cracked that. We are still, everybody's still like isolated, like ah, me, I'm doing well on my own. I'm doing well on my own. You even find some Nigerians saying, oh, if I'm coming to the UK, I don't want to stay where Nigerians stay. I want yeah, to go you know, because I, I don't want to be associated. You know, because that whole elitism, a lot of us, a lot of people, a lot of people still migrate and with that with elitism that still, yeah, with that mentality. And you're like, until your kid comes home one day and, you know, he's telling you that they don't want to go to school anymore because, you know, they're now ashamed of their black skin. That is when the penny will drop. That you realize you actually need the support system of they your did. people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. As they say in our culture, it takes a village to raise a child. You That's know? what it does. It does. So we should not we should not forget that whole middle class elitism. We need to dead all of that. You know, it might work in Nigeria because that's how the structure of the country works. Everything is based on who you know and how you're perceived, how you're looked. Well, here, man, nobody sends you. Like, <laughs> or it will remind you. If you forget who you are, they will remind you. 
Yeah, oh yeah. They will certainly remind you. One, one, a hundred percent. We have our greats like you know the fellas, the Wallace Inkas, and all these guys. That it was when they moved abroad. Mm-hmm. That is when the scales dropped from their eyes, and they were like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> so this is how, like, now I am Yoruba first before I'm Nigerian and all of that. Like, that's when you go back and research, like, who am I? Who were my people? Hmm. So these are the little, th- sorry, I'm going on a rant, aren't I? Sorry, it's, it's something I'm, yeah, yeah. It's no, something I, think, I, pre- I, think I preach. So, yeah. we're, quite, we're quite passionate about this. And when yeah. when when one starts, you just go and you just go and you just go. But no, it was very yeah. spot on. But yeah. I think one of the things that I wanted to point out was to Bimbo's um, initial question about five million babies being born in the north. Ah, and, yes, I knew that was something I was forgetting. Yeah. So you see that one, <laughs> basically, because obviously I, I'm growing up in the north, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, who are Muslim, who are house, uh, a lot of them also who are from the North are equally Christian. Now, culturally, um, as a man, you are defined by your wealth status. Now, wealth can be perceived through the lens of actual physical money. And for people who don't have that, they look at wealth through the lens of children. Yeah. You know, how many children do you have? So it is, you find that in most communities, in most poor communities, that is when you, when you don't have the actual means, the actual resources, the actual money. It, it, the only thing you have is, is kids. Mm. You know, they, they will judge you, oh, this guy has three sons. Oh, he's a strong man. Or he has, you know, 10, 10 kids. Or this woman, oh, she, oh, she, you know, even though her husband is late, but she gave him three sons. Her value <laughs> is high because she can bear male kids. Like, this this mentality still exists. And the fact that in society, you know, the religion permits you to marry, you know, more than one wife. Mm-hmm. It, and well, it does have here that you need to provide and all of that, but still that this is just what exists. When there's no hope, there's nothing else. People will people yeah. multiply. Mm-hmm. You, you need if you're a farmer, you need if you need you, you need the hands. You need, you need farm hands. <laughs> You can't employ farm hands. So how are you going to get people to work on your farm? You you have more kids, so you have more workers. Yep, yep, yep. That you don't have to pay. <laughs> so, I, was, I was really I was really interested to know the answer to this. That's why that's why I kind of held on to the question because I, I also I I I I, I hear what Colas just said and I think that's probably it. You know, but I also feel like within the north there is still um there is still not enough of um, enlightenment, I suppose. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with choosing my words um, mm-hmm. and one, to not cause offence and two, to mm-hmm. not just talk what I'm not sure of. You That's know, right. I feel like it's, it's enlightenment instead mm-hmm. of education. Um, and like Kola said, you know, you, you need the hands, you need the people. The mm-hmm. north, the region is quite large. It's you know, and we can't compare it to the south or southeast or, you know, or, or any other part of Nigeria. So they mm-hmm. do need the numbers. They need the people. And how do they get the people? You reproduce. That's right. So if, you, if you look at it this way, that um, Lagos, beat, being that Lagos is a port city, has helped. Mm-hmm. So most things that come into Nigeria land in Lagos first, mm-hmm. be it physical goods or be it even importation of foreign cultures. Yeah. So now, yep. 
if you look at also when education landed on the shores of Nigeria, naturally, the Southwest got the best of it. Yeah. We produce books, but till date, which is one of the criticisms I have, if you compare ourselves to other nations, you have, say, math textbooks that are written in French. You have math textbooks in Mandarin, in German. And so basically, if you want to teach your people something, if you really want to teach them, you need to break it down into the language that they speak and they understand. Mm. Yes, there are no Yoruba textbooks, but we are the show, we we have, we are Port City, like Lagos is Port City and through Lagos, things migrate into the, you know, spread into the Southwest. Mm -hmm. So you have in the North, you have alarming stats, like, you know, perhaps just 16% of kids will perhaps get it, you know, go past secondary school. Most of the girls who get like it wasn't a strange thing. Like even when I was in like uh, maybe GS three or SS one, you just all of a sudden new term. Oh, this girl is not coming back to school anymore. She's you know she's going to be married off. She's going to be married off. You know then so again because the dad had so many kids, which he was trying to show as a sign that hey God has blessed him because kids are viewed to be a blessing from from God. So if you have kids, it's like, this is, you know, God has blessed me. But then when economic hardship starts to hit, you now have to start marrying off your your daughters. Yeah. So there there is that. And basically... Yeah, I don't. I think this is too emotional because, I, like I said, it just brings back these memories because you see the ta- like. Honestly, the, the brightest kids in my class were not from were not Yoruba. Hmm. So that hmm. notion that oh, the intelligence is you know restricted to certain people. No, yeah, yeah. the brightest, yeah. the top, the top three were all you know like. I don't want to say his name, but this guy like. We went to the same primary school, same secondary school, same university. Is the brightest mind I've ever seen in my life. From mm-hmm. Plateau State, from just Plateau State, mm-hmm. the brightest mind. Like, and is and it's not just the old. So there are people there that are talented. They are brilliant, but when there is no enabling environment for That's you to crazy. grow, you know, mm-hmm. you're just going to stagnate. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to stagnate and. Again, people in the South, because we've started migrating to the shores of the UK, America a long time ago, like people go over there and like, oh, it's good over there. People will appreciate, okay, I'm coming there. And you start sending money, you get your brother a visa, he goes, next person comes back, you go. But the same cannot be said in the North. They do go to like parts of North um, North Africa, but mm-hmm. that's, that's it. That's, that's it, really. Mm. Oh, wow. It's this, this, honestly, this conversation is really packed. It's, uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it is, it is very packed. It's, good, <laughs> it's, it's emotional as well, you know, is, and um, yeah. I think while I was getting emotional there because it really, you know, yeah. I, I felt you, I felt you, you know, holding back, Kola, um, you know, because, yeah, it's, it, it does hit home, this, this situation. But, yeah, we, we need to, I, I like us to come back to talk about um, a topic that is, yeah, it's really, really dicey, it's touchy, no one likes to touch it, and that's religion. And uh, I want yeah. us to come back and talk about it on a different day because we need to dig dive into, into of course, our individuality, whatever religion we practice, you know, the African spirituality situation or whatever, 
um, how that has stagnated Nigeria or any other African country. I would want to also talk about a couple of countries I've been to in Africa where their, um, <laughs> their names, their first names are English names. In fact, in some cases, first and last name are English names. And wow. you're in Africa. And you're in wow. Africa. <laughs> Let me just tell you, Kenya and Uganda, they are these two countries that I know. You know, I was challenging my Ugandan friend. I said, How, do you have any Ugandan name? She gives me an English name. <laughs> What's your, your sister's name, your brother's name? English name. Oh, wow. okay. I, I already know the name for my daughter. She gives me the name. She doesn't have kids yet. She, she will have kids. She plans to have. And she says, I'm like, but your, your language, your, your tribe, a name? Do you have any? She said, no. Ah, so I left it. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, Bimbo. I think next time you're touring any other African country, Kola, you have to back me up on this. I think you need to invite us so we can have these experiences with you. That way, we'll be able to speak from informed places. Do you understand? That's right. Honestly, this, this because just, I'm not, I'm not as travelled in Africa as, uh, you know, as I would like to be. Yeah. And I think again, it's because of the challenges. Yes, it's getting around. You know, traveling, uh, traveling across Africa is not easy. You know, like, it's not. Very, that's yeah. the other reason why, compared to like Europe, you know, that there's a lot of cultural exchange between, say, France, England, mm. or say Germany, because regular people, not just the middle class, regular people, you know, low even low income families can still travel. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. travel yeah. breeds exposure. You get exposed to different cultures. Like, oh, this is how they do this here. Yeah. It in improves trade. Yeah, like, absolutely. Go, you can't even going from just Lagos to Cotonou is like you have to go and call your alpha to pray for you. You know, <laughs> call, you know, you have, you have to do fasting. Like, so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why you know. Like, I guess this is one of the me, bigger that, reasons that why is, Nigeria can't afford to fail. Like, yeah, you can't afford to fail. It's mind, it's mind blowing. You know, living in London, I could get a 30, 40 pound flight to a sister European country. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the same in, in, in yeah, Africa. And I just wonder why, 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 yeah. why? Yeah. We, know, then we, should, we should definitely talk about this as well. Definitely. Def absolutely. So, yeah, <laughs> just topics. put it, put it, put it on your, on your to do to, to, take, uh, to take PJ and Kola on your next <laughs> African tour. <laughs> Because I would, I would definitely love to visit Senegal. Um, yeah. I, I, the way you speak of it, the way you know, uh, I've seen pictures of Jollof well. rice, as they say. Isn't exactly. The Jollof rice is from the Wolof tribe, so they are the okay. original owners. Um, the Senegalese uh, Gambia, Senegambia. Um, oh yeah. And so it's it's really rich. It's different from the way we do it. It's, okay. you know, they, they would put um, a slice of lime or lemon on the side. Um, you have, um, what else? It, it just has everything. It has slices of tomatoes. Um, what else? What else? It's made with fish. So what like, about the taste? Use chicken and all of that. It tastes different, but it's nice. It's really, okay. it's, I love it. It's really nice. And Bimbo, you're not, you're not convincing me, man. You know when Nigeria say, hey, it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> it's small green rice. It's, it's busy, literally. I was, okay. I was showing with you a photo of, uh, of, of what I ate at, uh, at lunch at the conference on, um, 
on on Thursday. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I went for the jollof rice option. And besides, my first wedding, we actually had jollof rice as well, but it was served in a massive bowl, like literally massive, massive, what you would call in Nigeria, you call calabash, literally. Right. Massive okay. bowl, where about five of us sat down and ate it. Stunning. It was amazing. And nice. you with all sorts. You'll find fish, you find seafood, you'll find all sorts in it. And I'm like, this is the jollof rice. This is the real yes i'm like wow it's it's not the same as ours Ours you know you know you touched on on the communal eating part yeah and it for me it it kind of that was something else that hit home because that's something else that growing up Mm -hmm. we used to do yeah yeah as you said it 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 kind of it just hit home that i don't think i've actually ever eaten from the same bowl with my children yeah, you know, yeah. and my my younger son, he won't even touch food that somebody else has eaten. <laughs> you know, and unfortunately, that's part of that's that's one thing within our culture that just gets left behind. But that's like right. you said, it was amazing. It's there's there's something that that happens when you when you eat with people in from the same dish from the same bowl. You know, it just yeah. breeds comfort. It breeds happiness. It breeds joy. Absolutely, uh, and unfortunately, those are type of things that don't get crossed over. You yeah. know, this this whole migration thing. I read um, someone tweeted that I, I can't quote the tweet, but w- the point he was trying to make is that you know the grandparents are Nigerian, the parents mm-hmm. are Nigerian Canadian or Nigerian British, for example. The children mm-hmm. are, you know, British or Canadian. Mm-hmm. And the generations are just getting lost as you go. And it's sad. And it, it's, ve- it's very sad. And mm-hmm. it, it, basically what they were saying was that, you know, yes, people are moving and people are leaving and it's great. But when you, it, it, for you to understand bad governance, you need to yeah. understand that people are losing their lineages. People are losing their, their heritages. They're losing their culture. It's yeah. disappearing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as it goes on, people, some, I mean, very rarely would you find people in the generation after us going to build homes back home. Back home. Yeah. That's true. Because we've realized that it makes no sense. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine sending my, my, I mean, I've, I've, I've actually offered it. I offered to my son. He's like, I don't want to go. Will you go? I was like, um, no, I just want you to go to, to experience the culture. And it's like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> and that really saddened me, but yeah. it was my reality. Yeah. My absolutely. kids have been to Niger- they've been to Nigeria. I've taken them, but I haven't they they don't really remember it that much. Mm. And I this summer my plan initially was to take them. And one of my cousins was like, What are you talking about? Please, please, please don't go on my hands. don't go and suffer my children. Mm-hmm. Do not go to why why do you want to take them to Nigeria? I said, Because mm. I want to experience I want to she go and she basically talked me out of it. Oh bless! There was the security issue. There was, yeah. the, the, you know, the little. <laughs> the other day, what? Because I was in Nigeria last year, and because it's not something I'm used to, I the electricity went off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all of thirty seconds or a minute, but because I got PTSD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. My heart jumped. I was like, oh, my God. Because, yeah. unfortunately, there were times growing up in Nigeria that whenever the electricity would go off, mm-hmm. 
and trying to conserve um, petrol. Mm -hmm. If it's over the night, we would just leave the windows open so that, you know, cool air comes in. You, you're not having the generator all night and, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But unfortunately, what that meant was we were not safe. We were not secure. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And all yeah. sorts of horrendous things would happen, you mm. know. And so when the electricity went off, and so it was, it, like that. I said, it was only for 30 seconds or even maximum a minute. Yeah. I yeah. was terrified. Yeah. You know, and people around me were like, "What was what was wrong with this one? What's wrong with this?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, and I had to just say I was okay. I wasn't okay, but I managed to calm myself down. And when I thought about that, my this, these are not these are not the reality of my children. They don't understand it. Although I've explained it to them that you know they're power cuts just to prepare them. Mm -hmm. But for them, they would you can I can just imagine my teenager playing PlayStation in Lagos and then like goes off. He would like you know he would lose it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like wait what what just happened i mean it's, it's, it's apples it's, and pears but yeah. i thought about it and i was like actually do you know what yeah no maybe yeah, next year yeah. consider it and i did and i we didn't go there's you know so things that's you know there, there's so many things that makes one take this sort of decision so many things that just gives you that's i don't know how to put it shock value you don't want to go through some stupid pain. You don't want to experience some, you know, some. It's it's tiring, and uh, yes. But kids don't. Kids don't. Kids don't traditionally listen, do they? So you're still going to find as much as we are. You know, we paint these vivid images. You know, and right now the age that some, you know, PJ's kids are at and my kids are at, yeah, yeah. they might have that viewpoint. But don't be surprised. Ten years down the line. Yeah. They would decide themselves that they're going back. That's right. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. You know, they may be lots of yeah. They want to find you out know, themselves. You know exactly because it, it one thing that gradually creeps in into your mind when you live in the West as a black person is, especially when the kids start getting to secondary school, that is when you know society would let them know that they are not from here. That's right. Mm. That's you know, right. society will tell you, and then you start to ask, that's when they will start asking questions to your parents, mm -hmm. like, okay, why did we even come here? Gone, 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 self. What, what, did, what, did, you know, what did, you know, why, why, why? Yeah, you know, so interestingly, like my cousin, he went, um, he took his kids to Nigeria a couple of years ago, and the kids were shocked, like, wait, people have tennis courts in their houses, like, people are. People that look like me, like me, I can be in their millions, like this, in their thousands, just go, going about their business. So there was this sense of pride that, you know, was filled in them when they came back. Oh, bless Because you. the only images that, you know, they get reminded of, mm, of back home poverty. is... Yeah. Is the police poverty like you know the old UNICEF? I don't want to. I didn't want to drop their names, but yeah, those yeah. pictures with kids with flies on your face, and yeah. you know, every time that Africa comes up in your school, it's mm. either they're saying, "Oh, we're donating money to some cause," or they're saying, "Oh, it's Black History Month," and under the umbrella of Black History Month, they'll say they want to only talk about the transatlantic slave slave yeah. trade, yeah. and I'm like, that's. That maybe that's how you people look at Black History Month, but for for the rest of us, no, we that's not it. we are more yeah. than that. You know, yeah. these are things anyway. that I want us to even touch upon. Um, I, and I've noted that down. This is something that actually it just if there's anything that gives me the ache 
this black history without due respect to people that celebrate it. But yeah, yeah it's something I want to touch up uh, touch yeah, up on. Nice. It, of course, it's not my. I may want to say it's not my history, but at the same time, you know, what is Black History Month? Is it an American thing? Is it a Western thing for people that have had to experience it because their forefathers were, you know, taken away at the time, you know, during the slavery era and things like that? So I, I in fact, I've written this down. I think we definitely need to talk about this. Uh, and I'm glad that you you brought it up, uh, Kate. But you know what, guys, we would we could be here for like three hours. <laughs> we could be here for three hours or even four hours because there's so much to talk about. Like I'm picking up topics even from all the conversations that we're having. I've picked up religion. I've picked up traveling around Africa. I've I've now picked up Black History Month. So so much, you know, so many things that we definitely will come back to to discuss and i think we've spent over an hour already now so <laughs> no it's Let's... been it's been it's been great it's been good awesome. it's, it's, it's a topic that's obviously quite dear to us and close to us so yeah absolutely so let's let's come back um uh, another day to to have this you know to continue this conversation and today's topic was you know failed states failed society in nigeria being a case study and you know both of you had the sentiment of it is not there yet but it's it is on its way there if something it's not done but uh thank you so much pj and Kola. we have to come back we have to continue I, i'm sure the listeners will be they will be they'll be pissed off that i've caught you all <laughs> <laughs> Don't be pissed off. but we have to come back there's a lot to uncover so thank you so, both i really appreciate both of it you it was my pleasure hopefully at some point we can actually do a face-to-face -face one we can just go to the studio and get it done that's what i'm looking at for you know for the three of us and maybe any any other person that may want to join or any other people that may want to join us in this conversation and that would be great really but yeah thank you so much both of you thank you to the listeners as well and uh yeah it's a wrap enjoy your day or your time uh wherever you are um and whatever time zone it is thank you for joining us at the blue citron today thank you and have a nice time take care bye-bye